At University of Virginia Health System, we're for bringing advanced care closer to home. So we're bringing health knowledge directly to you with UVA Health System Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Most elite athletes are accustomed to experiencing a certain degree of muscle pain and fatigue during high-intensity exercise. Recently, however, some athletes, particularly cyclists, have reported symptoms of leg pain and weakness from an unexpected cause. This could be a serious vascular condition. And my guest today is Dr. Kenneth Cherry. He's a board-certified vascular surgeon at UVA Heart and Vascular Center, whose specialties include arterial disease in athletes. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cherry. So tell us, what is external iliac arteriopathy? Well, good morning, Melanie. Um, It is a narrowing of the external iliac artery in uh, essentially elite athletes. Um, And the external iliac artery, the aorta comes down and just about the level of the belly button and just in front of the uh, spine divides into the common iliac artery and then that shortly divides into the internal iliac artery that feeds the pelvis and the external iliac artery that takes blood down to the legs. In these athletes, the external iliac artery gets narrowed. And it's, and it's oddly enough, it's just the opposite of all other vascular disease. It's because they are in such good shape and exercise so much. Uh, in this country, we see it mostly in cyclists, but it can be seen in runners, uh, triathletes, is being reported in uh, ice skaters, power ice skaters, speed ice skaters. And it's thought it's because the external iliac artery is tethered there at the bifurcation. And then these people are so fit, their um, uh, uh, inguinal ligament is very taut, so there's no sliding of the artery back and forth under the ligament as there is in uh, less fit people. Um, And there are other things that go with it, uh, hypertrophy, psoas muscle, and it's really the repetitive exercise. Uh, uh, these cyclists will cycle anywhere between five and 20,000 miles a year. So many of them put more miles on the bicycle than, they put, than people put in their cars. Um, and, so it's a, it's, and they're also putting gallons of blood past their arteries quickly with their great hearts. So it's a stretch injury, if you will, because when they bend over, they need to lengthen that artery, and they can't do it because of that taut ligament. So it's a bit of a stretch injury and then a flow injury also. I hope I didn't talk too long on that. No, that was perfect. And, Dr. Cherry, it's amazing to me because the public is used to hearing that if you're in better shape, you're opening up your arteries and clearing them out, and this is a narrowing. Who is particularly at risk? I, if Just if you're an elite cyclist, are you then going to be more at risk? If you're putting 15,000, 20,000 miles on your bike, does that make you more at risk, or are there certain predispositions that are going to you know, make somebody at risk for this? Well, that's an excellent question, and we don't know the answer yet, uh, because you could ask, uh, why didn't Lance Armstrong get it? Why didn't other uh, truly elite athletes get it? And and who does and who doesn't, we don't know yet. Uh, but we know cyclists are seen, uh, speed skaters, runners, and it's people who are truly fit and, and really put the, uh, put themselves uh, out to the limit. Um one of the things that we, that a radiologist in here and I have sort of independently come to the conclusion is that uh, those cyclists who have very short common iliac arteries, where their external iliac artery begins high in the pelvis, seem to uh, that seems to be starting to be a more prominent theme, and so we're looking into that uh, right now. Um, 
but it's it's very seldom seen in less than elite athletes. Sometimes a very high-performing amateur can get it, but it's not very frequent. And Dr. Cherry, how's it treated? What do you do and what symptoms? So they come to you with this claudication, with this leg pain. They don't know why. They can't explain it. They assume it's probably muscular or something like that. What do you do for them? Uh, well, if, if indeed they have it and we, we bring them in and we put them on bicycles, uh, they bring their pedals and we have a cycle and, and they cycle until they get their symptoms. We have measured the pressure in their arteries before, and then we do it immediately afterwards to see how far it drops. And invariably, if they have it, it will drop. And then we get a specialized arteriogram where they uh, put a catheter in the artery and take a picture. And that's done with the patient supine lying on their back, as it is with all patients. But then we have these patients flex their hips uh, for the stress position they'd have cycling and that will accentuate any abnormalities they have. If we see the abnormality uh, and they wish to proceed, then we will go ahead and perform an operation. If it's localized and early in the uh, state of this disease, uh, we can do what's called a patch angioplasty, sew a piece of uh, plastic artery over that area with or without an endarterectomy where we clear it out. It's an interesting arterial problem because it involves all the layers of the wall. It's not just the inside of the wall. The entire artery, uh, all three layers are involved. If it is more extensive, then we'll replace that part of the artery with a bypass graft. And we'll also relax the inguinal ligament with a small incision there, so I hope we don't uh, recapitulate the injury later. Well, that would certainly be the goal, so are athletes able to return to their peak performance unless they're ready to settle down into a sedentary lifestyle, Dr. Cherry? You know, this current treatment, this is what you're doing, so are they able to return to their lifestyle that they, you know, have? The majority are around 85% uh, will go back back to their peak performance or performance they're happy with. Uh, there's been uh, one of my patients who's been in the last two Olympics in, in bicycling and has done well, and there are others that do well. Some don't do as well. Um, and some of it has to do with, you know, if I do the same operation in a 70-year-old who needs it because they can't walk to the grocery store, you know, they're having breast pain, I probably have all sorts of leeway in the length I can make that graft. With these very elite athletes who are putting these graphs to such stress, I have much less leeway. If, if you make it uh, uh, too short, they'll narrow where you sew it in. It'll, it'll pull taut there. And if you make it too long, it'll kink. So there, there's a very narrow window in there to get the length right. And so I think that has a lot to do with it also, with those that don't uh, recover fully. And do you have any advice for these athletes when you first meet them, you know, and they're worried because this is a lifestyle that they've developed and that they're used to? Do you have any best advice for them either before or after the surgery, what they should be doing differently? Well, we used to have a physical therapist here who was a very avid and very excellent cyclist. And I would link him up with these patients when they came. And because of his knowledge of bicycling and his interest in it, some of these people he could spot and say, well, you know, they had their uh, pedals fired too far forward or their seat height wasn't right. So one of the things that we do, if especially if it's early, is 
uh, have them work with a, uh, a trainer to see if some adjustments in, you know, their seat height, where the pedals are, uh, their mechanics might make a difference. There are some things that I'm not uh, clever enough myself to spot, but people who deal in that, the physical therapists and the trainers can. You know, and then, it's, and then it becomes a question of how much they wish to proceed. I mean, many of these people don't have to go to a sedentary lifestyle, but they would, if they didn't want the operation, would have to accept a less uh, strenuous lifestyle. And, you know, for these young people who've made it their lives, that's a hard thing to do. So most of them wish to proceed. And, Dr. Cherry, other than the fact that you are one of the nation's foremost experts on this condition, why should someone come to UVA for their treatment? Well, I think because we've seen it, it's, it's a rare uh, condition. I get calls from people all the time say, well, we've got the arteriogram and they don't have it. And yet when we review the arteriogram, they do have it because there are at first subtle changes that you see. Um, and as I say, I think over the course of time, it's like anything, if you do enough of it, you pick up subtleties and nuances that you didn't realize just a few years ago. I mean, uh, we published a paper about two years ago on this, and uh, many of the things that we do then, we have changed subtly in the, in the time period because of the number of patients we see. So I think that's the benefit. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kenneth Cherry. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. For more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thank you so much for listening.